craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. On DAB Digital Radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, and at virginradio80splus.co.uk. I got my mindset Even if we're just dancing in the dark. Love Chris Evans. Woo! Love the 80s. Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Well, everybody's very excited now, aren't they? There's more than a frisson around the building. This building fits 3,500 people in here and every single one of them knows who's sitting opposite me right now and when he was coming in and they've known for days and they've been counting down. Who am I talking about, Vassos? He may. Tongues wagging W1A, hearts throbbing Bridgerton and now he's setting pulses racing in his latest show. The new historical romance series Fellow Travellers is available now on Paramount+. Plus. So we're answering many <laughs> prayers as we give us this day our daily job. Jonathan Bailey! Jonathan! What an introduction. Hello. How are you, mate? I'm very good, Chris. Really <laughs> you good. Look at that smile. You're smiling and laughing noisily because you know I have to interview you now about your new programme, about your new show. Uh, I wasn't ready for it, I've got to be honest. Um, were you ready for it, Vassos? So it was on it, it was on it was on the big laptop. Yeah. And my Ten-year-old daughter yeah. was in the next room, but the doors were open. I because it, it sort of came from. Oh, I know. Please let Mary not be in the room now. Yeah, and, and by the way, Mary Vassar's ten-year-old daughter does review certain things for the show. She yeah. reviewed Charlie P. Brooks' new book for the show. She ain't reviewing this, mate. Nope. She's not allowed anywhere near it. Rachel, uh, your so story we're in the kitchen on the laptop. <laughs> Youngest child just home from primary school. No. Mute, mute button. Where's the volume? Well, at least with a laptop, you can slam the screen down, I yeah. suppose. All of oh, that. my gosh. I was on Eject my own, and I felt the same way. Yeah. I was just on my own on the sofa. Nobody else in the house. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Um, this is funny. We've never had this conversation about something we've had to watch for the show before. Well, Thank you for that. It's all right. I can, uh, you know, I bring what I can. Right, but we still haven't alluded to anything. It's about people are going, what the heck are you talking about? Why don't you frame it for us, if you don't mind? It's, well, it's a series called Fellow Travellers, which um, chronicles a love story over 40 years really yeah. or, or four decades and it looks into something called the lavender scare which happened in the 50s um in american federal government where basically gay people were flushed out yeah. um and it was a witch hunt and it was linked to the communist scare it's a fascinating and very dark moment in history and it follows two characters that meet at that time and then uh, yeah, and you follow their love story over. So you play who to whom? I play Tim, who's a young, sort of idealistic Catholic boy from Staten Island, and he falls for uh, Hawkins Fuller, played by the sort of divine Matt Bomer, um, who is in federal government, and he's very cool and calm, and uh, he lives a double life with a wife at home. But they have this sort of beautiful, tender love story that, um, yeah, is explosive, really. OK, and your character is also ambitious because... Because he loves, but the world, the world, the world he's in. He wants. He also because he's into yes. politics. Yeah, he really, yeah. He's so they into meet politics. by the poli- their love of politics. Yeah, they meet. At, um, yeah, they meet at a, a sort of fundraising gala um, for McCarthy. So it's as McCarthy comes in and yeah. it follows McCarthyism, and he and he gets him a job in McCarthy's yeah, office. Yeah, because he's not on the bottom rung of the ladder. He's not even seen the ladder yet, has he? No, no, no. Well, and Hawkins sort of shows him quite a few things, including the ladder. <laughs> and um, and he sort of manages to get him a job so that he can spy, really, I on his behalf. The ladder. <laughs> there was the ladder he there somewhere. He slowly climbs up oh over my gosh, eight it's episodes. It's so good, mate. It is such a good programme, isn't it? It's so gripping. 
Um, it is very explicit. It's very raunchy. It's Bridgerton 2.0 um, <laughs> from an explicit, intimate scale. And the guy who wrote it and directed it is also the man behind the multi-academy award-winning Philadelphia mm. with Tom Hanks. And yeah, you've yeah, talked yeah. about the parallels, haven't you? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, what an incredible film um, uh, that also deals with... Uh, basically, Tim and Hawke live through these moments of queer liberation and it studies how social attitudes have changed towards gay men as well as, you know, I guess the way that they've been marginalised and oppressed. And Philadelphia dealt with the AIDS... Um, epidemic really and we beautifully. get there with this don't yeah, we yeah and uh, yeah you see you you quickly are introduced to Tim and Hawk in the 80s and then you sort of work backwards so there's multiple time timelines but it's a very rich sort of mad menesque um, sort of thriller as well but it's... yeah and the, the time lapse or not time lapse I don't know how you describe it but the sort of time machine aspect of it if you like um, isn't chaotic at all it's actually very simple I, I like that and it's achieved by brilliant production design and yeah. costume design and and it's a real nostalgia piece as well. Yeah. So. And you talk about Tom Hanks and the, the, you know, the fact that they chose Tom Hanks for the lead role in Philadelphia because mm. that's an important part of the backstory of how fil films and gay stories are getting made nowadays differently to how they were, how they sort of had to be, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I think at, at that point, in order to, for Ron to have made that film, um, and Mark Platt also produced it, who now produced Wicked, which is what I'm doing, so it, but they, had, they would have had to have got a, a very you know, A-list straight actor to play those parts and, and the thing about Fellow Travellers which is to be celebrated is that you know both Matt and I and, and Jelani and Noah and the, the, the leads of the series are out gay actors so there's an element of you know authenticity which you invite the audience to go and to, to enjoy really I yeah think. and the sex scenes are phenomenal that's what they are I would say they're phenomenal mm -hmm. um What's what's funny, and there's lots of funny stuff going on in and around it, and lots of extremely serious and extremely sad stuff as well going on uh, around it, is the fact that the genius behind it, the chap you just referred to there, Ron, um, the writer and the director, and I'm the exec producer, I think, he said he didn't want to repeat a single gay sex scene once. So they all had to be different. And they mm. sort of had a, their own sort of um, side hustle um, sex scene writing challenge to themselves. Yeah. He said, but we were so good at it. By the eighth episode, we were sort of running out of options. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's anyone who always has an extra option, it's Ron. His brain is fantastic and he's got an amazing life experience. But yeah, I just think, you know, you wanted to match the richness of the... Um, the detail of the, the the political landscape and how that adapts, and yeah. and also how you know I sexually you know how people interact does evolve over time, especially yeah, with the world that they great exist in. Because yeah. I thought I straight away I thought oh there's a power play here, and yeah. there was to a certain extent, but then um, there's certain vulnerability to to um, to hawk hawk. Hawkins Fuller. Hawkins, yeah. Hawkins, that's him. Uh, you know, and you think oh he has got a tender side to him. Is he willing to? to talk about his past because he seems to be very secretive yeah. but then he realises that he's in love with your character and therefore if he wants this to carry on suddenly the tables are turned and he has to give more of himself up than he would otherwise choose or want to choose to do it's kind of a beautiful and perfect storm between the two of them because oh, they are amazing. so opposing in the way that they approach life um, but you know there's such jeopardy for these characters living in that world yeah. where you know you'd be you'd lose your job you'd you'd um, lose your family if yeah. you were outed so so the stakes are so high that, of course, when it comes to the intimacy, it's so important and vital for them to connect and to to, to sort of try and, um, you know, fight for a love that everyone else is so afforded because they're not 
oppressed by the government. Yeah, and then there's the Catholic Church thing brought yeah, into the it as well. Section, yeah. There's, there's so that, many oh. like dreamy things going on. Yeah, I mean, it is it, again, it's complicated, but it's not complex. Because mm. complex means you, as a viewer or as an engineer or whatever, is you can't really get to the bottom of it. Because somebody described to me once the difference between complexity and and something that's complicated. Because something's complex, something's complicated. So if something's complicated, basically what it means in engineering terms mm. is that if there's something that's been put together, if you take it apart and you lay everything out in front of you and then you put it back together in the reverse order you dismantled it, it's complicated. Right. If there are hidden mysteries in there and you can't do that, then it's complex. And I think that your show is complicated, but it's not complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And also it's human, you know? It's, it's like, and I think it's so sort of well-researched and it's it's a real, like, invite for an audience, like, to go and watch it. I know that if I hadn't have been in it, I would have just lapped up yeah. every hour of those eight episodes. Yeah. I mean, it's already aired in America, hasn't it? Mm. And and so um, t tell us how it landed there. Tell us what the the sort of the effect of uh, the reaction has been on the program, on you you guys who made it. Well, you know, it's 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 the first time I've worked in North America after you know, and obviously doing something like Bridgerton gives you affords you that sort of luxury. But it's been amazing, and you know, we've been there for award season, and it sort of has taken in nominations and awards across sort of Golden Globes and SAG Awards. And, and so oh, much love for it. So much love for it. Yeah. And also you realise how front-footed and sort of pioneering it is to have these this sort of prestige TV element to to the content and the, the gay storyline. But then on top of that, you get people across the world who are, have managed to watch it. This is the brilliant thing about streaming platforms. And people who are still living under those sorts of conditions yeah. where, you know, to be gay is to, you know, be put in prison or to be killed even worse and so people are responding to it in a very personal level and or there's also loads of women who are messaging saying for the first time I am seeing you know my story of being married to someone who's been in the closet or and I'm understanding it and my dad was gay and my mum was gay and I've seen it so it's a really you know it is it's really amazing to be in something that not only is sort of cathartic for you as a performer to go and learn all this stuff about the people that came before you, but then to know that it's affecting people and, and as is the sort of, you know, they're responding to it and it's sort of healing. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's a dream special. role, not in a frivolous way, but it's just such a rich role for you, isn't it? I would imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing, yes, yeah, there's a lot to like nibble on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a Steady. lot to nibble on, <laughs> but I. Uh, but yeah, and also to play... how much carry on was going on around the set in the, in the lighter parts of filming. Well, you know, I mean, you have to because there there are so many um, really passionate moments, and also a lot of um, there's a lot of darkness in it. But then the joy of of being there, and you know, obviously, it's here we go again. Moments of absolute hilarity, <laughs> but when you're doing something which is that demanding, especially for Matt and I. Um, and he was brilliant just as a leader, but also as a scene partner. But, you know, you just sort of, you, you have to dig in. And there's a weight of responsibility that I felt, you know, playing, telling the stories that you, you don't, we don't get these opportunities often to tell the stories of our forefathers yeah. who have come before, you know, and, and how, how recent a history that is. It's brilliant. I wonder why Paramount Plus didn't put it out at the same time across the planet, because that's usually the way nowadays. 
Yeah, it is. I know. I think they. Yeah, I. I so we 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 we're the beneficiaries of that because we can. You know, when you <laughs> you see something great and then you, you've been working with somebody for a couple of years and you realise, oh, they haven't seen it. Oh, and then you you're not you're not like oh poor you. You're like oh no, poor me because you've yet to see, see this. this. I know. So we we've got all that to cover. I know. There's we? nothing like there's nothing better as a gift to be able to say to your mate. You need to watch the series and watch them watch it. Yeah, you know, having. With no context. Oh, we're going to watch all of them. Don't you worry about that. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. OTB, a gay man in North America in November 2023. What happened in that? Oh, right, yeah, I did. uh, I mean, it was kind of... Yeah, it was shocking. I sort of have spoken to one journalist about it, but I I went to Washington DC, which is also where um where, you know, the series is set and Matt Bomer was awarded a an award, uh, you know, a, a, he was pres- presented with an award for his his charity charity work and I went to go and tee up and introduce him. And it was an amazing night, a big American gala. I felt completely activated and galvanised, amazing people coming forward and telling their stories. And, you know, in America, these charities and foundations are supported with such sort of, you know, and as, as here, but I, I, it was the first time I could feel that energy. Vim and vigour. Totally. And I woke up the next morning super early, obviously because of jet lag, and I, and I went for a walk and the sun was out. And I was like, this is brilliant. And, you know, fellow travellers hadn't come out and I just thought, God, this is so vital, actually. This is all brilliant and it's important and it's great. And I went into a coffee shop and I got a coffee and... And uh, there was a guy behind me, an American guy, who, you know, obviously had seen that I was wearing a human rights campaign cap from the night before that I'd been given. Um, and and he just said, uh, get out of my, my country, you queer. And uh, and he took my hat and he threw it across the, the room. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was really, obviously, incredibly distressing. He said, you know, where I'm from, people like me kill people like you. And I asked him where that was from, and he said he's from Pennsylvania. But you know, the experience of that is not uncommon, and it's it's you know usually it, it, it's experienced even in the West as sort of microaggressions. But that was such an explicit act of terror, um, and it sort of obviously rippled through me, but also the people who are in the coffee shop. Yeah, um, it's not just about gay people who get hurt and wounded and told that they're worth nothing in those moments yeah it's the people who are witnessing it as well and though it was so shocking that there was i i I, we actually it it galvanized the people in the coffee shop we stayed and we chatted for about three hours and we were sort of bonded by it and i took their emails and there was an amazing uh woman called angela who was a young student and she she stepped in between us and got her phone out and she said um she said i'm recording this and i don't you know 
I don't... I do not stand by with what you're saying. You are welcome in this country. And it was such a simple but very brave and courageous act. And you realise that the other guy was there with his wife and he was like, I just thought that was a candid TV. You know, like we're, it's so terrifying when those things happen that you, you, you're, the animal in you goes to what you've been cultured to think yeah. it might be, which is a hidden camera show or it's a social experiment. But it wasn't, it was real. And, you know, I just thought, hang on, this man from Pennsylvania, that is someone's uncle, father, brother, teacher you know if you have those pe- those people around you as a child and you have that on the day-to-day being drip fed that belief system knowing something about yourself it's it's impossible to grow it's impossible to live a happy life and it's tragic and that's in the west and we are in the best the most pinnacle this is the safest place in theory in the world to be and the most open-minded apparently yeah and then you think about the trans community and you think yeah. about what they're experiencing you know i'm a white I'm a white gay man, which is the peak of the privilege of or the LGBTQ plus family. And you're gorgeous. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, you know, makeup people to like polish me. But By you know, the way, can I just say you are rocking one of the greatest coats I've ever seen. Thank you. That might be second only to the pink... Uh, dress coat that Ryan Gosling wore on the front cover of GQ to promote the Barbie movie. Did you see that? Shot? I did. I lo- yeah, How I mean, great was that coat? Incredible. Do you know him? I don't. I don't. I've never met Where's Ryan Gosling. Where's that coat? Where's that coat? This coat is actually made by American Vintage, which is apt for fellow travellers. Mate, uh, you are rocking a great look. Uh, oh, the irony continues um, about a journalist. Um, full of skullduggery and uh, ambition, threatening to out you as a straight man. I know, yeah. Tell us that story. Well, I can't work out if this is um, progress or not, but yeah. I, um, yeah, we. I was filming Wicked and, um, yeah, I went to Wimbledon with, um, as you do, with Ariana Grande, because she was in Wicked and we went and it was Which just... Which is about I, to come out. It's, it's going to come out at the end of the year. It's going to be brilliant. She, you, Cynthia Revo and her are brilliant in it. And um, it was just so funny and really interesting to have a call come through to you know age an agent and uh and they just said look we've got it on great authority that jonathan's actually straight (laughs) (laughs) so i think i might be the first i think i might be one of the first actors yeah you're doing them a favor by calling it progress but i suppose it is well in a way i mean yeah if you can uh, yeah i mean what what an amazing way to sort of undermine Square the, the whole like yeah. my whole sort of like experience of having to oh it's crazy 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 so some big fun filming scenes some big fun party scenes even in episode one mm. uh where were you shooting uh, what i presume would be like the hamptons or somewhere where where, where was it we were all in, in toronto which they call they actually call canada the sort of hollywood of the north right. because so many um series go there it's i loved canada yeah, and i loved working there and the nature and the vibe the vibe the yeah it's very sort of kind and yeah and and the industry there is just brilliant and so we yeah we shot around toronto in a in a studio and then and then we went to virginia just to get some of the exterior shots to, to sort of sell did you get some digs did you get a hotel to get a little house or what did you get i did i stayed in a little house i had loads of friends cool? friends and family come out yeah it's brilliant and uh oh. trinity bellwoods park in toronto there's a whole industry isn't there about getting people houses when they're making movies so they feel like they're in a home from home yeah so. Yeah, well, it's important to, yeah, I think, when you're doing something like this as well, just to feel as ground as you can. Um, I've only watched episode one. Anybody go any further last night? No, I had to, no, I I had to go to bed to recover. Did you? <laughs> well, the thing is, because at the end, this isn't a spoiler, because it's only a spoiler to what happens three minutes before it. But at the end of episode one, yeah. a phone rings. Yes. Yes. 
and you really want to watch episode two because because yeah. it ends it's with such the phone a simple g- yeah. and you know it's going to ring because <laughs> yeah. you think well there's no series otherwise <laughs> you know it's going to ring it's so analog as a cliffhanger compared yeah. to cliffhangers nowadays but it's still absolutely brilliant yes isn't it there's a way that ron has man- magically been able to make it incredibly sort of hooky and poppy yeah. as well as really important so, yeah. yeah all right rachel uh, I would like to know what was your favourite bit of the Americana paraphernalia because that was I just loved it just the whole look the set so the clothes I wanna, that's what, all that's, the accessories that's, I the cars live there. yeah well Joseph Lacour who's the costume designer um, I think he's like it was a tour de force from him but you, the, looking at the sort of you know and being envious of the tailoring of the 50s it's so sort of chic and sexy as well the sort of the lines of the jackets very madman very mad man, yeah. which did I loved get, that series. Did you get to keep any of the jackets? I I snuck away quite a few things. Yeah, in fact, Theft. yeah, two bo- two big boxes full yeah. of. <laughs> it's, this is well, proper. I mean, they were tailored for you. So who else is exactly? Yeah. I know, and also, you know, it was also it was mainly the eighties stuff actually that um, was so. Was they do take this into consideration now when they discuss actors' fees. They go, well, they're going to nick about fifty grand worth of stuff. I know, so, so let's we'll knock that off. Take eighty percent of their fee yeah. off. You mentioned Wimbledon, and they have to do the same with the players and the towels because they all their friends want towels from Wimbledon. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, turn them down. Hundo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the players are sort of glory in how many towels they managed to nick. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, anything else you'd like to say about it? Please just tell us something else about this amazing show of yours. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, it's available to watch. I Yeah, I think it's probably one of the... It's just rare. I think it's a very rare piece of television. And I think everyone who's involved in it, it will be forever one of their highlights of their careers. And actually, Ron, who I spoke to him on Zoom... I was doing a play and, and we spoke for about an hour and he just said, you know, I've been working on this for 10 years and I think wow. this might be my legacy oh my project. And I was like, I think anyone you invite to come on board for this, it will be their legacy Boom. project too, yeah. And, and do, do you not get this without Bridgerton? I don't know the timeline of everything. No, well, this was this sort of popped up um, around the time of Bridgerton, the second series coming out. Right. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just amazing that these opportunities come when they do. Because you so, can be available, but you know yeah. something is brilliant. It's as true, that. isn't it? So, so Bridgerton gets you here. Where does here get you? Maybe do you think? Oh, I have no idea. I I really don't know. I know that I'm really excited to get back on stage. Right. Um, and also it's just the people that you work with. That's what I'm. You know, it's not no surprises, is it? And I'm sure you know this, but like it's the people that you meet along the way that you click with. You're like, that's who you want to work with. The yeah, real creatives as well. It's the value of things, not the price of things. It's the value of experiences, not the price of experiences. Yeah, yeah, it's that yeah. That kind of thing. Without um, getting into objectivity, abject mm. objectivity, we do have to talk about the fact that you did look extremely fit for a lot of episode one. I know. Well, Can we just talk about that a little bit, if that's all right? Of course. Because it, it's part of the... Of course it is. I know. And, well, it's also, you know, I was filming Bridgerton series two at the same... Right. Uh, series three at the same time. Right. And... Um, I was already sort of gearing up for for Bridgerton. What does that when, mean, gearing up? Well, gearing up in the term in, in terms of, um, yeah, in the Bridgerverse is you know you start sort of going to the gym a bit and it's getting ready. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Jeez, wish I could go a bit like you go clearly up for a bit. What happens at the gym? I mean, what what is the, say say you've got say you have a Bridgerton you're starting or you're starting on on uh, fellow travellers. Are we looking at six months? Are we looking at three months? And how does it start? And do you get to a point where it becomes automatic? And how does it feel to be that fit? Well, for, yeah, for series two of Bridgerton. I mean, yeah, you just get... I, there was a level of fitness, I think, that you get to. And then 
for me, I've always been really active. Right. And I think going to the gym was, a, I've, I'd never really got into the routine of that. But okay. it becomes, it also serves another purpose. Obviously, you know, you're aesthetically wanting to deliver for a romance genre, which is elevated in all these ways. But then it becomes a really lovely sort of like discipline that can you can lean into because, you know, filming is really, you know, you've got to be sort of available and, and ready and you have to commit in. On standby. So, yeah, and those, time, and those times that you go to the gym are... A way you can really like sort of yeah, it's that great, that lovely um, affirmation that uh, um, discipline doesn't come from stability. Stability comes from discipline. Yeah, you know, and if you are physically disciplined, the great guy Chambers is just he put on, on Instagram last night. The great songwriter guy Chambers. Yeah, yeah. He put his five tips for creativity from his studio. It's a really cool Instagram post actually, and he says tip number one: self care. You know, and it's so important, isn't it? Um, and if you are in that strong and stable position, and mm. we know we know that the feeling body is stronger than the thinking mind, and people say, no, that's the other way around. Well, that's because you haven't got a feeling body because your body's out of shape, so therefore your thinking mind has got literally got a head start. But if you take all that fitness and that stability to work with you, yeah. and your co-star, your main co-star, is, is in a similar frame of mind and body, that can only... Uh, the, the performers can only benefit from that. I think you're right. I think also as a creative, you have to be, you have to give so much of yourself, actually. Yeah. And it is really, you know, it's, the sex scenes aren't the most vulnerable bit. It's the, bit, the bits where you have to lie on a, on on your deathbed and and you know you have to have these really, you know, have to look into someone's eyes that you know and, and drum up this sense of forty years of love. Like they're the bits that are really, and and so yeah, of course you have to look after yourself. And actually, I've I've learned that discipline from theatre. I think because you can't do eight shows a week and and not not look after yourself. So yeah, I think the 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 body and the mind. I think is right. You put that first, and then we the rest. About the eyes yesterday being the only internal organ that you can see on the outside because they're internal organs. Apparently, they're like the testicles of your brain. Do you know this? They dropped from the brain. That's what they did. They dropped from the brain so your brain could see outside of your body. That's why your that's how your eyes our eyes evolved. And um, you know, as far as that's concerned, as far as those aesthetics is concerned, when you are acting. And it's all in the eyes. Well, especially in the close-ups. Yeah, yeah. The eyes. They the are the windows to your soul, mm-hmm. right? So, are you acting from the soul? Yeah, I mean, I think when it's really good, yeah, I think you, I think you can, can you see. feel that. I, there is, there is an ama- there is an alchemy that happens when the writing's really brilliant. You're giving really good direction and enough space, and and you're working opposite. You know, it's just like dialing in. Much like I'm sure when you're sometimes in radio show, you must finish a show and you're like, God, that flew by. And actually, yesterday, I, yesterday we said that, didn't we? Did you? Yeah. yeah. And, and also in the room, there's an alchemy between the three of you. You go, oh, we're really on fire. Yeah. And that's how you, that's, and that presumably feels different for everyone, but it's whatever that is feels sort of soulful. It's a real pleasure to talk to you about this. Well, you too. It's amazing. It's an amazing show. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. You've got to watch this, guys. Paramount Plus. If you have a telling you don't have Paramount Plus, then sell your telly because there's no point in you having it because you can't watch this show. Go around somebody else's. And with the money you got from selling your telly, get some popcorn and watch the rest of this show because it's so good, man. It it's so just... good. Um, when do awards start happening with regards to this? Well, it's already been... I mean, in America, it's, we're sort of coming off the back of it. Of course it, you actually. are. Um, yeah. So it's been, in a, it's been a learning curve to be a part of that. But also, just ama- it is amazing to for it to be celebrated on as by the by the viewer by the by the industry as well and then also by critics and right, that's great yeah is there anything we've not said about it that we should 
No, I think you covered all bases there. It's great. Good. It's great. Any, anything <laughs> anybody else wants to say? Well, I think I think because it's a really beautiful love story, but set against that hard, that horrible McCarthyism thing, yeah. I think it it makes it all the more beautiful. You know, the the, the two extremes, and and I and I think, and with all the sort of the the sort of what Rachel was talking about, the Americana, the the, the beautiful attention to detail. Mm. I think it's it's just it's got it all. I think it does, yeah. And you really root for these characters, and hopefully also. And it's not, it's not, you know. Don't be shy to to want to be educated about exactly what has been going on for gay people, because I think it, it's educational. It's really educational, and actually, particularly from a British perspective, to see the, how American politics, you know, have evolved over the last sort of 15, and also that explosive years. excitement of a tingling new yeah. love affair yeah where you are outrageous in the bedroom and then you're really tender and i think that's exactly I why it think, serves a point oh, because as a viewer if you have to go to bed and put yourself to bed and slam down the, that's exactly the experience that you want so yeah. you feel like a multi-sensory sort of version you feel like you're experiencing with them oh to have to buy a radio yeah, I know. You won't know what we're referring to unless you watch episode one. I Turn up you, Virgin Radio right I now. Think you need to buy a radio. Oh, no. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Thank Jonathan you. Bailey. What a super, pleasure. Super, yeah, what a pleasure to have you. Jonathan Bailey, superstarring with all his pals in Fellow Travellers, out now on Paramount Plus. It's as good as Telly gets.